Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to go beyond listening to become a member, you can do that at patreon.com slash a brief chat. You'll get stuff too. Every week you'll get an email from me with links and stories and photos and whatnot. You'll also, uh, that's at the $1 level. Everybody gets that. Plus you get early access to every episode. At the $5 level, you get all of that. Plus you get a bonus show once a month, which is very random in terms of content. Sometimes it's just me talking into a microphone for 20 minutes. And sometimes it's old poetry readings or stand-up sets or whatever. So if you want to support the show, you can do that. But I'm happy that you're just here listening. I'm really excited uh, for this episode. And just to set it up a little bit, uh, throughout most of my life, my closest friends have almost always been women or non-binary people. And uh, it's been rare for me to have close male friends, and certainly it's been rare for me to have more than one at a time. And it's been almost unheard of since high school for me to have close male friends with whom I talk every day. Last year, uh, I took back over as the host of the Jazz Session, um, the other podcast that I host, and when I did, I reached out to two people uh, who each of whom I knew, but they didn't know each other because I wanted some sort of advisory group as I got back into the jazz session. And they were two people who A, knew the music and B, were familiar with the podcast and C, whose opinions I respected. So I formed a little text group just to talk to these two people about the show. But over the course of the last year or so, uh, it has evolved into one of the things I really depend on. Um, these two people were already uh, good friends of mine, but now this this text chat that we have, uh, it happens pretty much every day and we uh, we make a lot of jokes and we you know share memes and all the kinds of things you do. But and this is why I wanted to talk about this, we also have really, raw and open and honest conversations about difficult topics. And I I want to be clear that the way I'm approaching this is uh, talking about male friendship when the three people in question are straight cis men. Um, there are all kinds of men, and I think for some kinds of men, some of the boundaries that straight cis men have toward being emotionally open might not be there uh, to the same degree. And I can't speak to that experience because it's not mine. Um, but uh, the three of us have become a thing that it's incredibly important in my life. So I wanted to invite those two people onto the show and just to talk about that group. And uh, they are uh, Aaron Stabell, who is a musician and uh, educator and a person who works with educators uh, to help them do what they do as well. And he's based in Rochester. Aaron, glad you're here. So glad to be here. Thanks so much. And also Patrick McCurry, who is uh, a musician and a person who presents music. And Patrick is based in Auburn, Alabama. Patrick, it's great to have you. It's great to be here, Jason. Thank you. I guess I'll just uh, start off by saying that I did not at all expect this text chat to become what it became. And I didn't really realize how much I needed it in my life until it happened. And I'm I'm just curious for the two of you, um, and maybe Aaron, I'll just start with you. Um, so my, as I said, my own experience is that I haven't had a lot of close male friends, just, just a few throughout my life. But I wonder if that's the same or different for you. Is it common for you to have close male friends? What what has that been like? 
I think in college, I was uh, I was part of the jazz program in college, which I think by default meant that most of the people I interacted with on a daily basis were men. Um, and so that was sort of built in. And I don't really, but I, I do think that the uh, closest, like most vulnerable friendships that I had, I, I would agree most there weren't many, but the ones that stand out in my mind were women. And, you know, probably the most notable was my wife or the person who became my wife. And we were, we spent a long time just as friends in college. And then there was like a pretty long period of time where we were sort of estranged. It's not the right word, but where we didn't talk. And then when we reconnected, uh, things were different in a, in a great way. So I think that's true for me too. And I think that in this past year or so, um, because this has been such a great connection, um, I've tried to sort of foster more friendships like this with other friends, like trying to just be connected more to people who either I interact with on a semi-regular basis or uh, people who I haven't talked to in a while. And uh, there's been, you know, I've had some success, some, some pretty good momentum, but it's it's hard because it takes kind of everybody to, uh, or at least both partners equally contributing, equally wanting to make it happen. So I guess most of those have kind of fizzled or like, I've felt like maybe I was trying a little harder to carry the weight and then it's sort of just... Then if I have a day or a week or something where I'm not as available, then it just sort of fades. So um, this is definitely a special thing. But yeah, yeah, I would I would agree in general with your with your question with your premise there. Patrick, I just want to kind of turn that same question to you. This is the same thing I just asked Aaron. What what's your experience been like of having close male friends throughout high school and college? You know, you have this sort of insulated um, community and you're working closely with them for whatever reason in classes or on your music and musicians and things like that. And, and those are the places where I, I find my friendships and it's the same male friendship, any of them, but male friendships in particular. And it's pretty much the same like now, um, the two or three close male friends that I have now are people that I make music with. And, and, and that's, with three children and um it's a lot of a lot of times it's just because that's all you know if it's a it's something i've made time with or something that has brought us together um for some other reason then it's a happy you know it's a happy circumstance that we get along you know and that those people we sort of are on the same level and the same vibe and it's really happy here because there's not a, like a ton of people and it's this kind of small town that play the kind of music that I do. So it works out pretty well. Um, but I think I'm, I, with males, I, I think I quickly connect with, with women better than men. Um, probably because of all the emotional conditioning kinds of things. Um, but that, you know, you I just sort of have an intensity, I think an emotional intensity that certain men, kind of immediately just say, no, thank you. You know, you can just sort of see them glaze over and this is not going to work. And so, you know, they kind of self, um, um, call, that's not the word they kind of, I don't know. It just sort of happens naturally. 
I'm just kind of myself and whoever can deal with that ends up being on the list. But this, yeah, I don't, it's rare that I'll just go hang out with a bunch of friends unless I'm working on music or doing something other, something else or any friends since I'm doing something else with them. You each said something there I want to follow up on. I, I just one point for uh, to kind of bring you folks who are listening into this is that the three of us have never been in a room together um, and Patrick and Aaron have never met uh, other than the way that we are communicating right now. We've recorded some other podcast episodes together for uh, the other show, um, but the three of us have never hung out. Uh, so the whatever dynamic exists uh, 95% of it exists because we type with our thumbs into our phones and 5% of it, we've spent maybe a total of three hours having conversations, uh, mostly about jazz. Um, and this is the first time we've had one of these three-way conversations that was about anything other than music. So we, this thing that we've created, we've created all through texts. So Aaron, the thing that you mentioned that I really wanted to follow up on, one thing I really like about this, uh, chat that the three of us have is that it does sometimes like wax and wane. Like sometimes there'll be a couple days when none of us contribute anything to it. Cause you know, uh, each of you are raising uh, uh, younger children um, than I am. And, and you also both live in the same houses with your kids. Um, and, you know, I have my own little weird life, but uh, sometimes it just goes a couple days and nothing happens, but it always feels like it kind of comes back to this center again. Like it just, it just picks right back up. And I, I don't feel any sense of like guilt or gosh, I wonder if these guys still like me. I, I never worry about that in this chat. It, it feels, I don't want to say it feels low stakes, but it doesn't feel like there's pressure on me to do anything about it. And uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I'm curious if either of you just have any reaction to that, to the, to the kind of waxing and waning and what it, what it feels like for you guys on the other side. Yeah, well, I actually, uh, I sometimes do worry, like, I don't want to let everybody else down, you know, and so I feel like, uh, it was like the other day, I don't remember which day, but where I was like, doing something where I was, you know, busy the whole day. And I, I did feel like I needed to just be like, hey, I see you guys are like, rolling over here. I'm not, I'm not around today, but you know, hope you're well or something like that. But I think that it's because I really value it, you know? And so I don't want to just, uh, let it fizzle, I guess, for lack of a better term. I really want to make sure that like, I don't know if we'll get into this more or not, but I I've done some presentations about this kind of thing to educators about how important it is to like, keep your, network alive kind of you know and that's one of the things i talk about is that like just like when you plant a, a seed like you really have to tend to it or else it's not gonna do anything and i think that's true for these kind of uh, friendships too or any kind of relationship like if you don't tend to it and and treat it with the care and and give it what it needs i think it's it's hard for it to continue or for it to especially for it to grow at all but you know, I think there might be something too to the fact that there are three of us rather than two of us because the weight's a little bit more evenly distributed. Um, if there is if there is that weight, so I, I I'm glad that you don't feel a lot of stress. I wouldn't say I feel a lot of stress about it, but I do feel like uh, it's worth tending to and checking in on. You know, 
And Patrick, if you don't mind me just jumping in again for a second, um, I just, first of all, thank you very much for sharing that. And um, I just want to say that, uh, just to be clear, that I don't, I don't expect, I don't expect anything of either of you. I really appreciate what you both bring to this conversation, the serious stuff and the funny stuff. But I also am aware, um, you know, I like, since I moved to Charlottesville, I mean, I have been in for a lot of this time, I've been in a super dark headspace and I, I can't always be the same guy in the, in the chat. You know, sometimes I just like, I just, I feel like if I go into it, all I'm going to do is like bring darkness. And I, so sometimes I got to hang back for that reason. So I just want to say that I'm extending the same grace to the two of you as well. And I don't ever want it to feel like an obligation, even though I do absolutely believe in the idea of tending it. Um, and I do want to come back, Aaron, to your to your presentations. But Patrick, is there anything you wanted to just to add into this? Yeah, I, the only thing I thought, of, I mean, I don't, just so you'll know, I've never felt any obligation to try to make it something happen or keep it going. But I, there have been times where we've been like, we've been quiet for a day or two, or and I've been like, what can I what can I start? You know, I, I want that. <laughs> I want that interaction. I want that energy. Yeah. Or I need that. Like, what can I throw into the fire here? And it kind of helps me. Like if I'm not saying anything in this, in this particular group, it, I kind of, <laughs> I've gotten to the point where I'm going, why, what, why am I looking so what's wrong? Like what, why am I so quiet? Like inwardly, what am I, and I, and I try to look at other relationships, but it's, it's sort of like, um, it's kind of an indicator. You know, there's something about the, the, this chat group, it's sort of an indicator. If I haven't, if nothing's happening, it's like, what am I, like, what's not happening? What's not going on? What do I need to say? And it kind of helps me like blow some crap out of the pipe, you know, and just put something in there. And then, um, and whoever is available at the moment, maybe it gets something started or maybe it doesn't, but um, just it's, yeah, I don't ever feel like, well, I better, you know, put some, some energy into this. So everybody will like me or be happy or so this thing won't die, but it's, it's not like that. It's kind of more, I want to get something out of this now. So I'm going to put a, a quarter in the machine. I love that. I love the <laughs> idea of it as like a mirror or something too. Like, you know, a, a, canary in the coal mine or a, some sort of yeah. magic you know tricorder from star trek or whatever it is that the you know you're trying to figure out like what's happening in me because i don't have something that i want to say in the in the yeah and i have i mean it it i have other relationships like that i have another i have another real good friend that um we text a lot about a lot of different things um and and didn't just my I mean, I see my family every day, so there's constant communication, but like if I haven't talked to my parents in a couple of weeks or something, I think, you know, what's happening? So it's a good indication for me in general, like what am I, what's going on with me that I'm not, that I'm not interacting with people. Mm. Very, very low hanging fruit kind of situation being a text group and I get so much out of it. And it's just, sometimes it's just hilarious and we can pretty much say just about any goddamn thing. And it's um, just to kind of float some random idea. Artistically, like with you guys both being artists and creative people, it's been great kind of a sounding board for 
just trying to to sort of run around in this identity that as an artist, which I've sort of, even though I've been a musician all my life, I've kind of come into this real artist identity pretty late. Um, and it's extremely helpful just to throw some things out there sometimes with you guys. Yeah. I think you're kind of circling around something that I have thought for a long time. And it's that one of the reasons this is so beneficial for me is that I think y'all have perspectives that I don't have. Um, and you mentioned that there's something that you feel like you can get from this and uh, not in a transactional way. I don't think unless I'm no. strongly misreading you. <laughs> um, but I think that, that I think that too, because you are both older than me. You've like been through a lot of things that I, you know, may or may not go through, but your perspective is super valuable for one. Um, and I talk about this uh, to other people too, like about you guys, like your perspective is great. You're both really smart people. Um, I think you're a little bit nicer than I am, which is really like, it, it's like constantly <laughs> reminding me of like, you know, how to, how to treat people and how to even like talk, even to talk, to, I'm serious. And even like to talk to you guys, like it reminds me like, I am horrible. Like the, at the beginning, when you said to not make this funny, I was, that's like one of the hardest things in the world for me, because I always, even like, especially in an uncomfortable or a very like personal situation, I immediately default to like levity as my sort of defense mechanism or my kind of barrier against that vulnerability. And I have to remind myself, and I feel like I've made a couple times, like made some missteps where I've like responded with humor to something that should not have been responded to with humor. And then been like, oh, like, you know, I kind of felt like that was not appropriate. And that, you know, I think that's helped me grow a lot in terms of, you know, I mean, for me, the last two or three years have been really a time of personal growth and development and like, trying to just get better as a, as a human being. And I think this has helped a lot in, you know, myriad of ways, especially with some of that perspective that you're talking about. Um, but, but also just basic stuff like smartness and goodness. That's also, you know, in abundance here. So I think that helps me, it helps me a ton. Well, that's, that's incredibly kind of you to say, and it's, it's interesting. I do think that we, I do think we did some navigation in the beginning, especially because I knew both of you, but you didn't know each other. And we also like this. I mean, it started on a very specific topic, but that didn't last very long. And uh, oh, and actually, before I say this, when Aaron said you told us not to make this funny, uh, what he's referring to is that before we started recording, I said I don't want to just joke around in this conversation. And the reason I said that, and in fact, the entire reason I wanted to do this episode is because this, what the conversation you're hearing between the three of us, this is not at all an accurate reflection of what the text chat is like, because the text chat is full of funny. It is, uh, it is full of jokes. It is full of us taking shots at everything. It is full of us trading our observations they are not always generous and kind. But the reason I didn't want this to be that is because the part of the text chat that makes it vital for me 
is it is one of the rare examples in my life of three, and again, I say cis straight men because that's the only experience I know how to talk about, but is of three people like that having real moments of vulnerability. I mean, in the last few days, and I'm going to keep this very general, in the last few days, especially in the chat, uh, but this has happened multiple times, we have talked about like the the rawest, darkest, most vulnerable, you know, kind of fears and uh, that that we have, like stuff that's at the core of who we are. And that will happen. And then we'll also share a TikTok of a musician that we all have a particular opinion of. That will happen seconds later. And then we'll go back to the to the the like the meaty weighty stuff. So the conversation you're hearing is me stripping away or like kind of artificially stripping away the funny parts because I wanted us to really focus on what makes this special. It's easy to be funny with people that you care about, or it's easy to be funny with strangers or people you barely know at work or whatever it is. That's easy. But the hard work is the work that this chat is doing, which it was not my intention. But we just have been doing it anyway, and we have figured out kind of how to be three human beings together in a way that I think men are often discouraged from doing. That whole thing, you know, Patrick, you said it before. It was actually the first thing you said when I said I wanted to go back to a thing you had each said. I just haven't made it back there yet. But you said you thought that people kind of self-selected themselves out of your orbit if you were overly emotional or vulnerable or, uh, you know, too much, you know, for, for them. And I think that, uh, as men, we are often taught that to, to not be that, to not be those people. And that to me is what makes this group so special and so beautiful is the fact that despite all that training, um, we have decided to trust each other enough to be that at the same time as we make each other laugh constantly, we have also decided to trust each other enough, even though we've never all been in a room together and two thirds of us have never even met. We've decided to just let the walls down enough that it matters. That was, I, that's what I really wanted to get across with this whole, you know, that's why I wanted you guys to be on. Cause that's just so special to me. It's so, it's so magical to me. We can't, I mean, I think it, you, you were right to say that beforehand, like, let's try to keep, like, this is not, you know, keep the humor part out of it in that sense, but to talk about the humor, like, that is like, that's how I've found my people. That's how you find, I think that's almost like a, that, I don't know, that's just the way I've connected to my best friends initially. With humor, there, you mean? Yeah, with humor. There are, there. there's at least one maybe two rare exceptions. <clears throat> like I've got a friend that was with me after it was my friend, not my friend before my divorce from my first marriage, but after that we were just there for that reason that he was perfectly fine, like living and talking about pain. And <clears throat> we found a common ground for humor, but still our senses of humor were are strikingly different, but we remained friends and it was, it, it was a powerful relationship, but usually that's, that comes first, you know, Aaron, your, your sense of humor just about allows for anything, which is, which is so comfortable. Like it just, it's just like, 
I could say, accidentally say something really appropriate, and I have. Uh, inappropriate, like very, very appropriate. No, very inappropriate, I mean. And um, I was going to say, it, this group often does feel like it's more accidental when we say something yeah. appropriate, wow. not, the, yeah, not the other way around. <laughs> I didn't think you had misspoken. I thought you were, <laughs> thought that's what you intended to say. No. Um, and, and it's, but it, and it's okay. You know, there's a trust and maybe, maybe the trust was there first. I don't know. We could do some archeology span and go back to the early texts and kind of graph the, um, the growth of, of all that. But, um, can we talk about that inappropriate thing for a minute? Cause that actually, I, I wasn't going to talk about that, but for me, yeah. Another thing <clears throat> I like about this group is that we, I think sometimes you need a safe space to say dangerous things. And uh, like, I, I want to be super clear. The three of us are not uh, talking about how, you know, we think we should eliminate everybody but the white race or something. I'm not talking about creating a safe space for that. But we nope. we test <laughs> out like we and and absolutely the uh, the person who is our guide guiding star in, in this project is Aaron. But we test out like the ragged edges of <laughs> of where comedy can be. And you can sometimes tell, like, you'll send out a little, any one of us, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it's Aaron more than anybody else, but any one of us can send out a little, like, test bubble of a joke into the chat. And I, I love it when that happens. Uh, and then you just wait to see, like, who's going to respond first and what their response is going to be. <laughs> and then it's either, okay, I'm going to triple down on this now, or yes. I'm going to, like, slowly back out of the room. <laughs> and I love that because especially because I don't as the least even more so over the last few years, but I don't spend time around a lot of people who know me really well. So I'm like a, a 10% version of myself most of the time when I interact with other people, because I just, they don't, I don't trust them. I don't know who they are and they don't know who I am and they don't know how to take something I might say. And yeah, so I like that about this group. And I think in, uh, that's a place where Aaron has really, uh, I, I'm saying this, I said it before kind of flippantly, but I mean it gratefully. Aaron has kind of led the way because he will he will push boundaries. and But you always know like who the person is behind it. And that, you know, yeah. so we'll figure and, out, okay, where, like, yeah, right. yeah, where can we go? Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like it's just part of really getting to know someone, like all the different aspects of like that's one area in which you can get to know someone right it's like what their humor is like and i have there yeah i mean for sure i've like had times where i and it's especially you know even my magnified by the fact that it's texting right so it's like there's not always like context or tone and so there are times when i'm like oh man you know like <laughs> this one's gonna get reported for sure <laughs> right and then uh but but then like you know pleasantly surprised and then i'm like oh cool that's like one more thing that i really like about these guys because there are there you know we 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 ha i was thinking about it just a minute ago but we have like a very weird set of things that we have in common that like a lot of people wouldn't have in common like our jobs right like we all have like work lives that are sort of atypical like not everybody's available to text each other at 11 in the morning on a Wednesday, you know, right. but we all kind of are, but in so many other ways and so many more ways, we've lived these like vastly different lives. And so, you know, finding those common touchstones, I think has really actually helped a lot. And it's not something that I've certainly like planned out or done intentionally. I, 
but I have a lot of, uh, a lot of respect for, you know, all the different ways that you guys have been, you know, very accepting to anything, you know, whether it's something super vulnerable, uh, or whether it's something uh, super, you know, off color or whatever. Um, it's just, it, it just like, I think Patrick, you said it before, it just feels like you can really just say pretty much anything and still be like accepted. And, and, you know, you might get teased about it for a second or whatever, but actually really not very much, like a lot more of relationships with men in my life have been that like kind of ball busting humor, you know, where you're like trying to put the other person down and like there's almost I like almost none of that except for like the Patrick Southern stuff which is like you know and we most certainly about, do that when he leaves the room first talk about so, low-hanging yeah. fruit <laughs> yeah, exactly. God. but you know I I, I think it's a, it's it's part of another one of the reasons why it's uh a feel a good place to be because you know when if you're constantly like picking at each other and trying to bust on each other that does get pretty fatiguing after a while oh, yeah. I, I have found. And, yes. uh, it's, you know, if, if you get a chance to like escape that, I think a lot of times people do, and maybe that's why some of these, you know, some of these straight cis male relationships don't have such lasting power. Cause like, they're actually not really nice to each other. I'm certainly, you know, guilty of it. And, uh, bits and stuff can only carry you so far i think and i think that's one of the things about this that's great too is it's an authentic uh, authentic thing which helps a lot i just feel duty bound to say again because aaron used the term off color and to me and i'm older than aaron to me that always means three white guys making racist jokes that that is not what we're talking about we no, no, the no. three of us know no. that I just want to say again, when I'm saying a safe space, I'm not talking about like, oh, you can't say anything on stage anymore. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what this is. That's not what we do. And I just feel because being three white dudes, it's you would be absolutely in the right to think the absolute worst interpretation of everything we say. So I just want to really clearly say that. Aaron, you mentioned earlier that you have done some presentations in which you've talked about this group, and certainly I'm I'm not going to complain about the fact that neither Patrick nor I have seen any of these presentations yet, but because um, that would be a, this would be a bad moment to do that. Uh, but I was hoping you could maybe uh, just talk about them a little. Um, like what? How do you how do you use whatever we're doing to to do what you do? Yeah, I uh, I have I have a good video of the one I can send to you now, awesome. so I'll send that hopefully soon. Um, but yeah, I present, so I, my job is I work for a large music publisher. And so part of my work is to travel to conferences and um, schools and things like that and, and present to usually teachers, sometimes students. And so the way that works is that you have to come up with sort of an angle and then you put together an hour on that angle and so one of one of the ones i do is i call finding your squad and the the short version of it is that when i was a teacher i taught in public school for 15 years i felt felt like i was around these people who had the same job as me but like they were i was like an alien to them you know like i people didn't i I was, you know, staying up late playing music and everybody else was like going to bed at 930 and I look weird and everybody else looked normal. And, you know, it was like, 
I just didn't have like this camaraderie. And I felt like every time I would look for someone to agree with me on a very basic idea, I couldn't find people who aligned with my perspective. And so the solution for me was to look outside of that environment that was sort of a built-in set of colleagues and find sort of like create my own networks. And so in the presentation, talks about all the different ways that you might find these people. You know, one of them is like my lifelong pals that I went to college with. Um, one of them is, is this group here. One of the examples is mentors, like teachers, former teachers that I stay in touch with. And uh, then there's another one that I call like a transactional relationship where both parties benefit in a, sort of a professional way as well. Uh, so for example, like uh, someone who I can help get a commission for a piece that they've written, for example, and then they can help me with whatever, you know, anything that I need. And so I have uh, sort of tried to figure out like, well, what, what are the common threads in all of these? And I think the common thread is like trying, you know, we're just putting effort in um, the, the lifelong friends group is some guys that I went to college with. And it's close to this in terms of the uh, level, like I could go to those guys with anything, um, but we just don't talk as frequently. Um, and there are five or six people, I think, that I'd fit into that sort of larger group. But we have made a point to every year have a concert that we play together in Pennsylvania at one of the one of the guys' schools. It's actually about a month away now. And we've done that for 15 years. So, you know, making an effort and, and you know, we talked about already in this group how we make that effort. Um, but I, the basic rules are like, you know, identify some people that you would like to connect with and then try it out and see how it goes. And then when you feel like it's working, say so, so that they know how you feel. And I think that's something that we've done throughout this. Like, you know, most people might not put in a text like, hey, this is kind of going good. Or like, thanks for setting <laughs> up this, this three-way text chat that I didn't know this other guy before, before you sort of suggested it. Um, and so, you know, once you identify it, then you just have to work at it and doing things like setting reminders to reach out and stay in touch with those people is really helpful. Um, or, you know, if you're lucky enough to find a situation like this where everybody's kind of more readily available, that's great. But, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is like allowing yourself to sort of be vulnerable and say, Hey, I was, it's like, wait, you know, my son's in kindergarten. So he does this all the time. He goes up to a kid and says like, Hey, do you want to be friends? Like he has, they have to sort of make that declaration oh before wow. like, can yeah. you imagine uh, most adults yeah. don't do that? You know, yeah. you're like, Hey, I've been coming to you at the bank window for a lot of weeks in a row. Do you want to like be pals? No, that just <laughs> never happens. Um, but me, but I think it could, and it should. Sure. And in a lot of cases for me, I found success. <laughs> And, you know, it, it's not to say that it always works out. Sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you're like, okay, well, this, you know, maybe this person wasn't who I thought they were, or maybe I don't have time, or I don't feel like this is bearing the fruit that I hoped it would. Um, and it's, it's got to be agreeable on both or all sides too. And so, you know, I would definitely say that there have been many like failed attempts at similar relationships to this, but um Sometimes you, you strike gold and you get lucky and, and you find it. So, you know, that's, that's the presentation sort of on a professional level, but um, it doesn't, you know, 
this group could help me talk about a new project I have musically for sure. You know, this group could talk about here. I, you know, here's a song I like, what do you think? You know, you're always recommending movies and articles and things, you know, yeah, that's all great. That's all great. And it's, it's all just, everybody's getting stuff from it, you know? So I think it's, uh, I just hope people would try, you know, I always say in my presentation, if there's somebody that you think you would like to be friends with, just like ask them, like say, Hey, can you spare a little bit of time and see how that goes? You know, because oh, so usually, great. you know, right away, I don't believe in this. I don't believe that you have to spend a long time with someone before you figure out whether you're going to be, you know, pals or not. I could not agree more. Absolutely. Yeah. With, with all of that, um, we're dr- kind of getting to the end here, but uh, one thing I wanted to say, about the three of us like on the very surface level we're like three guys between like late 30s and early 50s who all in some way have or do work in the jazz world and you would think like okay our frames of reference as a result of that are going to be pretty similar but actually they are wildly different the number of times that one of us mentions something and the other two have never heard of it is it's wild to me because like like if one of us grew up in Bangladesh and one of us grew up you know in Moscow and the other one grew up in Auburn Alabama you'd think like okay there's probably a lot of shows you we all haven't watched in common and stuff like that but i mean the three of us grew up like in the united states in roughly the same time and we do not really share a frame of reference in even in the jazz world actually that's true there's a bunch of people yep. we don't share in common and I started this so we would talk about one incredibly specific thing that we all do have some ideas about. I'm really surprised by how it's so much richer than I think it would be if we actually did all have the same frame of reference. I sometimes feel that like when I, with people that I've known longer sometimes or, or known through like more parts of my life, Sometimes it's harder to get outside of the things that you both know already. Whereas with the three of us, I mean, I'm just like constantly surprised by what comes up and I'm constantly learning things and hearing about, you know, artists and, and books and TV shows and comedy sketches and just all kinds of stuff that I've never, I would never have come across otherwise. And I, I think that's at least to me, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think that's one of the strengths of this thing is that, we do share some things, but we do not share. There's a huge part of our lives that are not in common. The Venn diagram has big chunks where they don't overlap. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just listening to that link, Aaron, that you put up with that singer. Now I've forgotten her name. Hades town. Yeah. Anais Mitchell. Yeah. I, I listened to that album in the cars It's beautiful. And that's just an example of, um, like, I, I don't know anything about Hades town. I know it exists. And I didn't know her, who she was. And um, yeah, that's just, it was just, just a one. And that happens regularly. Yeah. Like that, that happens multiple times a, a, a month and sometimes more, you know, multiple times a week that I just like go and click and start, just get down a rabbit hole and find like, oh my God, this exists. This is amazing. Well, and it's like these little threads, like, you know, I was talking about, I went like the musical Hades town and went to see it. And then I was like, and the drummer is Ben Porowski. And then Jason's like, Oh, Ben Porowski has been on the jazz session. Here's that episode. And then that leads you to something different. And then that leads you to something different. And it's, you know, so there it's all this like 
adjacent but not overlapping connections to to things in this world it just sort of like exposes new cool things so it, it's totally right it's very cool I think a part of a personality trait that the three of us share and that I have realized in recent years many people do not share is that we are three people who like to disseminate the things we find cool to other people. And I do that so frequently that I've now just kind of, I've sent a bunch of people in my life kind of blanket statements. Like, I don't care if you ever read or listen to or watch the things I sent. Like, I'll send you way more stuff than you could possibly read or listen to or watch. But the joy that I get is out of sending it to you because every once in a while, I'm going to send you something you do read or listen to or watch and, and you'll dig it. And that's awesome. But the, but one of the ways like I show love is to share things that I like. And I feel like, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the three of us all get some kind of joy out of that. And I think that really feeds this, this conversation that we have because we are those kind of people who just are like, oh yeah, I found this cool thing. Here, you should check it out. Or I'm at this cool thing. Or I saw this, you know, I'm walking down the street and I saw this or whatever. I think we kind of enjoy that interaction at least that's my that's my take yeah and and paired with a pretty deep sense of curiosity too i think that's the other thing like there, i think there are people that don't want to learn new things you know like there are people who just love you know they have eight cds in their car and they just listen to that goddamn springsteen record every fucking day and it's like wait no i don't i couldn't live in a world like that i want i need that variety and i need that kind of like fuel for the fire and i think that's part of it too is that y'all provide that with those suggestions well we are uh we are at the end i just wanted to give either of you a chance to say anything that the way i have steered this conversation hasn't allowed us to say or just any final final thought you might have maybe patrick i'll start with you just any any kind of wrap up or or closure thought that you want to share no, it's interesting though. It's, it is interesting to talk about it like this, like um, your role as an interviewer and a podcaster and all that really, <laughs> really makes it kind of a vibrant sort of experience. I mean, we have talked about it, about it in the third person. That doesn't make sense, but we've talked about it as a thing in the text before. Yes. Like this is great or that kind of thing, but this kind of um, going into it, it's neat. It's a neat little other room to the, experience. I'm glad that it feels that way because I, I would have to be honest and say I was a little worried about having a conversation where we really examined this You're, thing. That you were afraid it was going to ruin it. Like, For fear oh, this, of ruining it's it. done. This is it. That's right? exactly right. Like we examined it and it doesn't work anymore. However, yeah. this conversation has wildly exceeded even my best expectations. We haven't really tried to deep dive into this ever actually talking. We've only done it texting. And I'm so happy with the way this worked out and it does not in any way feel like we've ruined it. I guess the proof will be tomorrow. But um, anyway, Aaron, did you have any uh, kind of final? Yeah, I, I'm just really glad I got an F word in there before we were all said and done. Um, I was uh, all, I was I was thinking part I, how I got to say uh, that fucking Springsteen. Record. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I said goddamn uh, first. I'll have to, oh, yeah. but I was oh, you're say, so in Alabama that you think the fact that you said goddamn is the reason that we would have to put the explicit tag on and not the fact that Aaron said fuck oh my god but I I also think that the Con the part of this part of this you know about two-thirds of the way through I was like man I and I think about this in my presentation too like I hope someone listening to this doesn't 
think like, oh shit, well, I like have no friends. So, you know, (laughs) I'm worthless. Like, I think part of the reason we can have this podcast and not have it feel just like, you know, self aggrandizing is I think we're like deep thinkers kind of by nature. Like that's one of our things that we have in common, like kind of analytical and probably overthinkers a lot of the time. I know for oh, sure. Yes. That's me. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I guess I would just say to the thousands out there listening that they're, <laughs> I think this could take many different forms. This is just the form it's taken for us. But, you know, if you have friends that you like just sending, you know, memes to or whatever, like that, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it doesn't always have to be this kind of thing that we're waxing eloquently about. It could be, it could be anything, you know? I mean, the dads that you sit around and watch Little League games with, and you know, King of the Hill, right? And the one guy just kind of grunts the whole time, but like he's an important part of that ecosystem. Um, and so I think that it takes a lot of different forms. So I sure hope nobody is, you know, feeling like discouraged because it's there for anyone. Yeah, that's a, that's such an important point. And the whole reason I wanted to make uh, this podcast episode at all was. Yeah, to do exactly the opposite of discourage people, um, especially other cis straight men. <laughs> I just, I, I guess, I want to encourage uh, you uh, if you're listening. Obviously, the things we're talking about don't only apply to cis straight men. But the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I think it can be so hard for us to open up to other others of us. <laughs> that is not because people do not feel a desire to have deep emotional connections. That is not because cis straight men do not want to have deep emotional connections with other men. It's because they're afraid of it or they've been told they shouldn't or any of a number of reasons they've been shamed for it. But if you can have the the courage, just a moment of courage or a moment of vulnerability to let that begin, just like in our thing, it doesn't mean that it can't be fun and funny and that it, you know, it can't, it can't have all the other components of a fun relationship, but if you can allow for just a little more vulnerability, I think it can be really, really revolutionary. I mean, it, it really has been in my life. I have spent thousands of hours talking into a microphone at this point in my life. And I tell everybody everything about what's happening with me. I'm all over social media. I live a very public life. It is different to do this in the company of two, two men that I love and respect. It's just really, it's really important. So uh, that's Patrick McCurry. Uh, Patrick, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Love you, Jason. Love you too, man. And Aaron Stabell. Aaron, thanks for taking part in this. Absolutely. And I was just going to say, you know, you have nothing to lose because if you swing and miss and the person's an asshole, the assholes only think about themselves anyway, so they won't even remember. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was never It was never going to be a thing. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I love you guys, too. I think this love you is too, man. so great, so important you, to me. So thank you both. Amen. You're listening to A Brief Chat. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you, first of all, you can hear hundreds of other episodes. Some of them are kind of like this and some of them aren't. And uh, I don't know, I guess that's the fun. Those are all at abriefchat.com. If you want to go a little deeper, you can become a member. That's as cheap as a buck a month. Uh, you can get a, a weekly message from me that has a variety of stuff in it. Uh, for five bucks a month, you can also get a bonus episode each month. Um, but whatever you do, I, I, I don't care nearly as much about you giving me money as I care about you. Um, just trying to find the people who make you feel like you. 
Um, that's one of the best things we can possibly do in this life because it's so hard to feel like yourself a lot of the time. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you again next month on a brief chat. Bye.